guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the Oxford Holy Club podcast, your podcast and my podcast of choice. Yep, I just listened to my own podcast. Not super comfortable with that intro, but we're going with it. Uh, I'm joined today by uh, by a friend, a colleague. His name is Kenny Wade. Kenny, welcome to the O Club. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's I'm just glad to be here. Thanks, Kenny. Um, I'm going to give you a little bio, Kenny. So you just sit back, relax, sip on that tea or coffee, and, uh, and I'm going to fill the people in. If I get anything wrong, feel free to throw a hand up and just let me know that I should stop. Will do. All right. So Kenny is the coordinator for the relaunch of Youth in Mission on the USA-Canada region of the Church of the Nazarene. Kenny has been a youth pastor with the Nazarene Church and a volunteer missionary with Nazarene Theological College in Brisbane, Australia, mentoring students. Do you want to know what Kenny loves about Youth in Mission? It's a little bit of youth ministry, young adult ministry, and missions all rolled up into one. Youth and Missions offers the opportunity for youth and young adult pastors to network for short-term mission experiences and invites young adults to be missionaries alongside Nazarene leaders around USA and Canada region. If you're a young adult and part of the Nazarene church and are now going to a state college or a university or maybe community college, Kenny challenges you to pray about applying for youth and mission and seeing where the Lord leads. If you're a local pastor, hey, that's me. Youth leader, that's me too. <laughs> district NYI or NYI leader, uh, that's me. Please let your district know about youth and mission, and it, it is a mission option for young adults to consider as they discern following Jesus's lead in their life. God is already at work, missioning away, redeeming his creation. We just get to pay attention to how and join in. You are a missioner. And then he cites Jeremiah 29, 7, and we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit later. Kenny, again, welcome. How you doing? Fantastic. Who so, wrote that? Uh, I, I pulled that up from somewhere. Wow. Okay. D did we I'll get... Talk did, to that. Well, I'll just have to talk to that version of myself again because I just felt like that was way more articulate than I'm going to be in your podcast today. So we should just read things instead of, you know, shoot from the hip. Uh, no, no, Kenny. Shoot, please. <laughs> shoot from the hip. Uh, I met Kenny, uh, you know, you and I haven't known each other very long. I think I meet you in Phoenix. Was that our first introduction to each other? Yeah, maybe. I, I, and then the, the, the connect, the Canadian youth workers connect and here we are. Yeah. And, uh, now just so, so that you, the listener can kind of be in on what has bound us together, uh, certainly Christ, but also Jurassic park. Uh, we went, no, no, sorry, not Jurassic Park. Um, oh, uh, the Avengers. And, and we go back farther than I know. Like we go back billions and billions of years. Together. Uh oh, shoot. Uh, not the Jurassic era. Any, anyway, we, we went and watched, uh, Kenny and myself. Uh, well, yeah. And, uh, Andrew Barker and Matt Forrest went and watched Avengers infinity war. And, uh, one of us fell asleep during the movie. You guys, you guys watched it. I tried to watch it. And selfie. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, not first. You want me to tell you how it ends? Uh, I've watched it a couple times. Okay. Since then, so I'm pretty good because I got to do it a couple times so you know, I sleep through different parts. <laughs> and and Kenny, you've got you've got a family. I'm not sure if you want to talk about kind of your family. If you feel comfortable tossing them out onto the the interwebs. Sure. Yeah. Um, married for. Uh, 20 years. My and my daughter, as uh, our oldest, just started college. Um, and then we have two boys. Uh, one's a high schooler, and one's in, in middle school. And doing cross country stuff this fall, and track club things. And life is pretty full and awesome between school and my wife's a teacher, and and doing doing what I do with with the Nazarene Church as a pastor and missionary. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you for giving us uh, your time. I know that your kids are working on homework and stuff right now. Um, Kenny, you live in Idaho. It's seven o'clock. It's about five after seven where you are. It's about five after 10 where I'm at. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So uh, again, thanks. So I'm not sure if you've listened to the show. Um, 
But some of what we do, just to give you a rundown for how the episode might look, is we're going to look at a few different random questions. I am a frequenter of this website called Yahoo Answers. People put the dumbest things out on the internet and and get the dumbest responses. And so I, I, I just like to toss some of these questions out and and see how you would respond. And then, and, and then you know, I'll toss in a few thoughts as well. So it's not all on yeah. you. You don't have to carry this. I'm happy to throw okay. out some comedy gold. We'll see about that. Oh, okay. Um, and then I'd love to spend some time talking to you about youth and mission and just anything that's on, on your mind, on your heart. Um, and then one of the things we'll do a little bit later is... Uh, one of the reasons we're called the Oxford Holy Club podcast is because we're named after the the accountability group that John and Charles Wesley had at the Oxford University. They didn't call themselves that. They were given that name um, to, to make fun of them, but we're running with that. And so what we do, every time they got together, they asked each other 22 questions to, to just focus their minds and to stay accountable to each other. And so we're going through each one of those questions, um, episode by episode, just sometimes we go deep into them. Sometimes it's just a, a light thing that we kind of go through quick, yeah. you know? And so we'll look at that and then we'll kind of end with, uh, another, you know, we'll end light. Um, but it can take whatever shape it takes. So Kenny, yep. someone's asking this question, Breaking the ice in interview, uh, they say, I have an interv- an upcoming interview, and it's with my present company. It's for an internal promotion. The thing is, it's, it's a panel kind of interview with four managers. What's a good way to break the ice? One of my coworkers walked in and said, whoa, this is like an audition of The Voice? They laugh out loud, apparently, and say, help. Uh, I have not found myself in this situation often, Kenny. So the, I think the only in, real interview I've done has been with, you know, like, well, I guess I've done some in front of the churches and had a killer interview at Blockbuster. Got that job twice. Nailed it. Yep. <laughs> so what, what would you do? This person's going to, they've got a real question, Kenny. They're looking for a, a job to move up in their, in their work. What should they do to break the ice? So they already know these people. It's, it sounds like they already know them. Yes. Yeah. Well, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to relate to the person in the group that I'm the most comfortable with so that the people that I'm the least comfortable with feel uncomfortable. That's probably what I'm going to do. So you're going to elevate the uncomfortable level for the other three. By being friendly with the one person I know the best. Okay. Not exclusively, but just to break the ice. So you're really, you're breaking the ice kind of with the one, hoping that kind of trickles down through. We get some more cracks and the ice will break open and the ships will sail. Right. So you yeah. might, you might go in with, oh, hey, Sally, you know, uh, how's, how's the cat? Yeah. Right. Or, how, yeah. Unless, unless I had been cat sitting and that hadn't gone well, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with that with Sally. Uh, ooh. I would go with, uh. You know, my wife made some nice desserts and we brought them over. Did you guys like those? Or the, did you see the Avengers movie? I slept through it. Uh-huh, it's funny. <laughs> sure, yeah, sure. The, the whole thing about the wife and, and, you know, the food, that could that might be bribery. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. That could be seen as, as, as a negative in the interview process. You know? This is a, so this is an internal promotion. Yeah. And it's a panel interview with four managers and it, it's, wow. it sounds like going in with some humor like whoa is this an audition of the voice i i, I guess this person thinks that that wasn't a good good idea no it might be like you're taking it too lightly it, i mean i i could see how if they're managers and they're just wanting to get this this is meetings on the it's on the docket for today we need to get this done let's get this interview see if they're going to be a good possibility and then you go in with the humor. They're like, "Oh, now they're going to crack jokes all the time. This is going to take forever." That'd be me. I wouldn't get the job. That's that's. I'm just going to go in thinking, "I'm not getting the job. Let's have a good time." Absolutely. That's how I'm going to break the ice. It's yeah. more, it's more about the relationships in the in the moment. Yes, that's what I'm going to gravitate towards. All right. So, um, Yahoo answer question asker. That was a weird sentence. Uh, you know, bad news. You're not getting the job. There That's, it is. I, there I it is. Motion. 
be happy and content with where you're at. Oh, <laughs> contentment. All right. Be, just <laughs> stop, stop trying to climb that ladder. That's right. <sighs> audition for the voice. I, I say, I say audition for the voice because it works out sometimes. Oh, so, okay. So skip this interview and, and now find where the voice is going to be held and go there regardless of talent training or any of that. Just, just, they, they could re, yeah, they could rephrase it. Hey, if this doesn't work out, I'll audition for the voice. I mean, okay. You know, you're not going to get it and pressure's off and man, this is horrible. horrible. <laughs> what happens if you go in there and you know, you think you've got your secure cubicle that you're going back to, right? Like worst case scenario, I go into this thing. I don't get it. I go back to my cubicle. What happens if this is so bad that you, you lose your job? And you don't have a cubicle to go back you to? Don't, yeah, they're like, you know what? That was awful. Just pack your things and go. Maybe you shouldn't break the oh. ice. Maybe you should just go in. I think, Kenny, I think you hit this. They're managers. They don't got time for your nonsense. Go in, sit down, yeah. answer their questions. And when they ask you that, what's your, what's your greatest weakness? Icebreakers. Icebreakers, oh. right? Yep. Yeah. You, I, see how, I see how you brought that around, and I like it. All right. And I say, yes, I, you know, probably the best advice is wait to be asked questions. Don't offer information. Stick to the facts, man. I think that's a, I think it's a good policy all around. Yeah. I'm not good at that. (laughs) Although I don't know how much the gospel would spread if we were just waiting. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. This question is going to take a real turn. Are we going there? I'm not right now. Kenny, next question. How to stop my cat from killing innocent birds and mice? It seems that we have a, a cat on the loose that is targeting innocent birds and mice. So this is from that. This is from that. Yeah. There's there is a there is a presupposition there that those birds and mice are innocent. That, that's right. I mean, you, you just underscored that. So this is also from from the Yahoo questions. Yeah, can you can you believe that you've given up like a good hour of your evening with your family to answer this question? No, no, this is relevant. This is important stuff. I'm pretty sure it's my neighbor that submitted this question. Oh my word! We have this conversation. We have this conversation. She has cats. Um, but I think the mice and the birds have gotten together. This is horrible, but I think this is what's happened. Collusion. She has. She currently has two cats. One is very young. Um, the other one, he's being mentored by uh, the older one. And this this cat goes after the birds and mice, the vole and the voles. Oh. The little rodents as well. Voles. Not moles, voles. It's like a V thing. Okay. Never heard of that. Must yeah. be an Idaho thing. Brings, maybe it is. Brings them in the house. Like, kills them, brings them in the house, leaves little piles of bones and fur everywhere. In your house or your neighbor's? No, no, not, not our house. Our, in, our na- in our neighbor's house. But we, we, we pet sit when, when she's out of town sometimes. And so she's like, look, if you find a little pile of carnage someplace, just know that the cat is probably, and you don't have to take care of it. I mean, there's no pressure to do that. <laughs> you know, you're just helping me out anyway as a neighbor. We're like, that's, that's fine. But my kids find it fascinating. But here's what I think's happened. She has two cats. She used to have three cats. Uh-oh. And she was down to one cat, and now she has, she bought a new cat that's a, Beautiful little cat. His name is Blue because his eyes are blue. So here's what I think happened: the 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 mice, the voles, and the birds got together, and they they looked for volunteers to sacrifice themselves. And those cats gorged on them to the point to where it became a health issue for those cats, and then they expired from overconsumption of bird voles and mice. And now there's more bulls mice, bulls, and birds because of the conspiracy. They, they got rid of them by sacrificing members of their community to be harvested by the cats. Never, never, never did I expect to have an in-depth answer like that. This is a real-life scenario here. This is, this is not virtual. This is not, this is not, this is, this is a real thing, Brad. It's a real thing. It's in my neighborhood. It's right next door. Wow. <laughs> so, Don't even know what to, I know. It's amazing. What, it's amazing. 
this has nothing to do with whether they're innocent or not, because it sounds like the birds, mice, and voles are not innocent. They are, in fact, no. d- they're delinquent or, you know, um, whatever. The, there's some, there's some, something criminal happening, something d- d- dastardly. It depends on how you look at it, though, because how to stop my cat from killing? I mean, the cat is the one that's killing. But, but now, but now the, 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 the prey has turned this around on the predator, and, and through offering up these sacrifices, they have now stopped the predators in their tracks, two of them, in my neighborhood. Wow. So one of the cats actually died from cancer. That's that's a diagnosis, but it may have come from the overconsumption of the prey because anything you eat too much of, you're going to get cancer because of it and die. Sure. That's, that's a fact. I'm not even going to touch on the fact that your neighbor bought a cat, Did, like spent money? Not on not on two of them. Well, one of them just kind of showed up after other people moved out and left. Yep. But the, the newest one is like a pedigree cat. Like, oh, and it's Blue is a beautiful little cat. Like you look at him and I'm allergic to him and I'm still like, he's gorgeous. I see why his eyes are riveting. <laughs> don't, don't fall for those eyes, man. You'll wind up. Well, I guess you won't wind up like the birds, mice and voles. A pile of feathers and bones in the living room. Wow. Um, so how to stop your cat from killing those birds and mice. Don't worry about it. The birds and mice have a new, uh, a, a new partner, the voles. Um, and, They've got it. They've got it taken care of. Your cat will stop, or it'll be dead. So just keep an eye out for that, I guess. Wow, Kenny, that's amazing. I didn't. Yeah, it's real, dude. Two stories. Uh, well, uh, Kenny, one of the reasons besides, I mean, these you know real life issues that are taking place in neighborhoods around us all right now. Um, mm-hmm is your role. I met you um, because you were you were in Phoenix at a leadership conference with Youth in Mission. I had never heard of Youth in Mission before, um, I'm ashamed to say. And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Not the only one. And you gave me some you gave me some some free uh, merch or, you know, stickers and different things and really promoted Youth in Mission and, and talked passionately about it. And, uh, and then we've, we've really kind of stayed in contact here and there since that point. Uh, so I'm really hoping that you can kind of talk to us about Youth and Mission, its purpose, uh, maybe even its inception, you know, what it is, your involvement in that. I have a few questions just kind of for conversation points if we need them. But really, I want to turn it over to you, Kenny, and you can just talk to us uh, about Youth and Mission and, and just kind of take this wherever you see fit. Sure. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I am passionate about this. This is my, my calling. I, I think of it as like my, my first vocational calling is in the youth ministry and as a youth pastor. And, and, and then within that, super passionate about missions. And my parents are missionaries, and I was a missionary kid when I was a little overseas. Um, and so youth and mission is, you know, as you, as you shared earlier, it's, it's, it's youth, it's young adults, it's missions kind of all rolled into one. And it's Youth and Mission has been named Youth and Mission by the Nazarene Church since 1977. But it actually started in 1964. So it's been a part of the Nazarene Church and kind of the, the fabric of what do we do with young adults after they graduate from high school um, for a lot of decades. And there's people all around the world connected with the Nazarene Church um, and all kinds of different roles. And, and not just in, in, in ministry or missions, pastoring roles. Um, they could tell you a story about their involvement with Youth and Mission and how they allowed the Lord to, to shape, um, shape them through that. So it is a, it's a privilege to serve in this role um, at this point in history and, and just figure out, man, how do, we, how do we interact with young adults and network with leaders so that young adults know about this opportunity that they can go and serve through the Nazarene Church um, for June and July. So am I right to say that uh, Youth and Mission, y- y- you're, you're creating the opportunity for young adults and leaders to go on short-term mission trips? I think we said that in the bio, um, but is, is that kind of the basic basis of what you do? Yeah, it's, I would say it's, it's longer than short-term. Okay. It'll, be one month, it'll be one month to two months. So it's a, it's a young adult, usually 
they're, they may be going to school, they may not be going to school, but they're, they're looking to give their June and July raising their own funds to go mission alongside uh, leaders that are doing different types of things that are helping to serve in their communities around USA Canada. Okay. Um, now, how did you in particular get involved? You, you know, you, you kind of shared a little bit that you felt called into youth ministry and youth pastored for a while. When did yeah. you, when did you start to sense and see this kind of transition into the role that you're in now? I didn't see it coming. I, I it, it took, it took me off guard in a sense. Um, it's like I saw it coming from a long distance, but when it started happening, it happened kind of all of a sudden. Uh, we, we had just come back from Australia as being volunteer missionaries with the Nazarene Church, and uh, I had no idea what was going to be next. We knew that we'd, we'd been obedient and coming back uh, to, the, to the U.S., but that, that was hard. That was a difficult discernment um, to be obedient to, and then not knowing, not landing in a position or a role or having a specific calling, but just kind of waiting on God's timing. And uh, I, I was sharing that story with a missionary friend of mine um, that, that worked in, in global mission with the Church of the Nazarene. Uh, it's kind of funny because he's like, okay, tell me what happened in Australia because I'm going to find out anyway. So just what, what are the details? What do I need to know? <laughs> like, why'd you, guys, why'd you guys come back early? Because we were going to be there three years. We were there 18 months. Um, and I said, okay, it's super controversial. Let me, let me just tell you. Uh, let me just get it out of the way. Uh, we were obedient to Jesus. Hmm. I know. I know that's crazy. That's radical. That's, that's, that's what we did. And, but that's, that's a hard thing. That's not, that's not an easy thing. Right. That's right. Um, and, and then to wait and not like just go get a job or try to make something happen. And we knew we were supposed to come back here at Idaho and just kind of wait. So, uh, I'm still learning lessons from that season and trying to apply them. Um, so conversation coffee with a friend and he goes, Hey, they're relaunching this thing called Youth Mission. It's been on pause since 2012, um, and they're they're trying to figure out what to do with it. and And I think you should talk to the people that are having that conversation. And I go, that that sounds great. It sounds like fun. Is it a job thing or what? Like what? What is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. thing? Are we just kind of ideating together? And he said, No, I think they're looking to hire somebody. And I was like, Well, you know, connect away. Let's let's see what happens. Let's see how the Lord leads. And so I think that was in April of. 2014 and in August of 14, I was hired for this role. Wow. So what was it like, Kenny? You referenced it and I'm not asking you to go into details, but. Oh, I will. Okay. No, no, no. no. (laughs) You know, you were there. The plan was three years and, and, but the Lord led you in a different way. And then, but to come back and not have something, you know, I, I guess it, it, it piqued my interest because I think, I wonder how many people that are feeling called to something, but there isn't that, um, it's not all hashed out. It's not all, here's, you know, here's a salary package, you know, the Lord's right. dropping like, you know, here's a position, here's an office, here's your salary. It's just, no, I just want you just come home or, you know, go here. What, what was, yeah. what was that like that to process that? Because it wasn't just you, right? Like, it'd be one thing if it was just you. This was your, you know, you and your wife. Did you have children yeah. in Australia as well? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's something that my wife and I kind of privately journeyed with um, until we got to a point to where we knew a little bit more to share with our kids um, that we would move back. But, you know, there, as in all our lives, there's different elements of, of the discernment process. So one piece of that was that the, the Queensland uh, government, the state government and in um, Queensland, Australia, they had changed their immigration law. So oh. the visa that I, we were approved on for three years, within six months into being there, we, we were on this one 18-month visa. We were going to reapply for another one that provided the same benefits for my wife to work, my kids to go to school there. Um, and uh, that one was no longer, we were no longer eligible, uh, eligible for it. And so if we would apply for it, we wouldn't have got the same benefits from it. And then we would have financially had to work that out a whole different way. Sure. So that kind of pushed us in a direction. So it's our circumstances often, I think, that, that sometimes get us in a different way of looking at, at our life and our decisions. And then what do we do with that? And so for us, that's always been, uh, okay, how long is it going to take us to go, God, what do you want us to do instead of us trying to figure it out on our own, especially for me? Right. And, and so I think that was a... It was circumstances, and then it was, uh, okay, God, what do you want us to do? And now we have a bunch of options, and there wasn't one clear-cut God's like, do this. 
there's times I felt called to specific things and places in life. Yep. This wasn't to Australia. Yes. Coming back to the U S I can't say that that was a calling, but that's where the direction pointed. That's where the discernment led. And then that's the choice that we had to make. And then, and then in making that choice, realizing, okay, this is a step of obedience and then being responsible and owning responsibility for that. When people don't want you to go is, is very difficult. And then not have, so what are you going to go do when you go back to the U S well, I, we don't know. Yeah. Well, why would God, a question I got was why would God call you to avoid? Um, huh. and that went, that one really stuck with me and they asked it to me twice, two different times. The second time I was ready and I said, you know, I don't like it, but I'm pretty sure that the Bible that we both read, God is continually calling people in the voids and it's not easy and it's not fun. And, uh, I'm not really sure what to do with that, but that's what happened. Kind of make, it kind of puts me in mind of when the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness it, right? That that couldn't have been easy for him, but the spirit was leading him there. Well, thanks for sharing as that. As, as long as you're not comparing me to Jesus, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> so you're the coordinator. So for for USA and Canada, you yeah. you are the coordinator for Youth and Mission. Um, yeah. So is there a team that you work with then, or um, how how do you how do you operate? Yeah. So I I report to Jay Height, that's the NCM coordinator, particularly for the U.S. Yep. And then Canada with the Nazarene Church has its own NCM, uh, Nazarene Compassionate Ministries uh, director. Yes. Um, but Jay, um, uh, Jay is as, as my, he's responsible for the relaunch of Youth Mission in partnership uh, with, with Global Mission with the Church of the Nazarene. Yep. Um, and so on the USA Canada region, though, I, I work with Jay, I, re, I, I respond with Jay, we, we, uh, there's things that he asks me to do sometimes. There's sometimes I'm bouncing ideas off, off of him and he says, go for it. And then I've, um, I've kind of sought out youth and mission alumni, people that are interested in mobilizing young adults and begin to put together a team of mobilizers mm-hmm. uh, so that they can have those contextual connections in their different parts of Canada and the U.S. to point people to youth and mission, to connect leaders and young adults with the opportunities to, to serve that we offer. Absolutely. And, and I think you're wise to do that. We all know that, you know, you can only do so much. So you've got to, you've got to invest in a certain group of people that can invest in a bigger group of people and, and point them there. So I think that's, that's smart. Um, now, if someone's interested in getting involved with Youth and Mission, um, where would we point them? What, 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 would you, what would you tell them? Well, I would, it depends. If it's an email, if it's a virtual conversation, it's a, that's a youthandmission.org. Um, and there's information, the, uh, the hubs of compassion, our locations are on there, the interest form, a lot of different details and stories on there. If it's a, if it's a person to person conversation, it's a, what are you interested in? How's, how's God leading you? Um, tell, tell me about why you're wanting to have this conversation. And, and it's, it's a really, I really hope for it to be a discerning and kind of contextual like, where's God leading you and where would be the best fit for you to serve if you were to do that with Youth and Mission? Sure. Um, it seems from, from our interactions and conversations, it seems I think that's kind of where you might lean more towards is being able to have those conversations with people to work through that with them. Um, yeah. where, can you tell me some of the places that you have traveled with Youth and Mission? Well, there's, I mean, there's 12 different hubs of compassion. Okay. Uh, we call them, or there's... There, there's 12 hubs of compassion that we connect with. There's way more compassion ministry centers on our region than, than that, but there's 12, but I've, I've been to all of them, uh, from Philadelphia to Cactus, Texas. It's a small rural town. Sure. Yes, there is a Cactus, Texas. That's amazing. Love. That's a reality. Um, Seattle, Seattle, Washington, uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, um, and a lot of different places in between all that. Okay. And, and so I like to go visit the location, see what's going on there and meet the people there so that when I'm recruiting people to them, when I'm asking people to recruit to them, that I already know that I stayed there, that I slept there, that I visited the places that they're going to go serve. Yeah. So I've been to a couple places. Okay. So the mission trip is within Canada and U.S. That's right. Okay. That's very cool because we need that in Canada and the U.S. I, we're a mission field. I think wherever we're at, that's the mission field. And it's our job to seek how to join God and what he's doing there. So now I did, I, I did find a bit of a loophole last year. Okay. And we did have some people go to Guatemala and Costa Rica 
with Encuentro. Yes. So they were USA Canada people going on short-term missions, and I paired youth and mission people up with them to go serve with the USA Canada people. Loophole accomplished. It was it was a, a, a nice adventure. And you got to connect with where you were there, right? Yeah, I went. I went and spent a parts of both weeks with the two different. Um, uh, groups in Costa Rica and Guatemala. Uh, I know some of our team from the Canada Atlantic um, Nazarenes met yeah. you, and uh, I threw your name out that to a couple of them that were on the trip, and I said that you were coming on the show, and they're like, "Oh, how's Kenny?" <laughs> like, cool, man, yeah. So you made an, you made an impact on on uh, some of our youth, man. So that's awesome. All right, let's do it. So besides getting involved, so that there's there's the aspect of someone saying, "Hey, you know what? I would like to get involved with this ministry." But then there's, uh, how can we support the ministry? What, yeah. what vehicle do we use to support youth and mission? Because um, it takes money and, and prayer and, and all kinds of different things um, for you guys to operate. So what, what is that vehicle? How can we get on board? What can we do, Kenny? I, I, I think the biggest need uh, and the, and the, the easiest resource to, to ask for, but sometimes it's the hardest to have follow through on is communication. Um, because we're all, we've all got things that we're into that we're doing that we want to try to get people involved with. And so having the bandwidth to go, let's add in one more thing that we're going to try to point, point people to communicate. Communication is a commodity. It's a relational one. Um, it's, it's a logistical one. And I, I think that's the, that's the biggest resourcing that youth mission need is just, or has. Is, is just for people willing to share the youth and mission updates on your social media, forward an email to somebody you think might be interested, network with other leaders. Let's have districts band together and, and send four young adults from your district to go to one of these hubs of compassion because the long-term impact is going to be where they come back and live and serve and the investment of the leaders in those locations back into those young adults. So communicating that and that there's an opportunity I, I would say is is the greatest resource that's that's needed. Okay, is there anything else that you'd like to throw out in regards to youth and mission before we move on? I, I think one of the one of the things that it's just it's it's a challenge to see coming right out of high school, in college, coming right out of college, or just being in those early twenties is yep. this is the easiest time in your life to do something like this. Um. Yeah, you, you, you might be paying for a car or a cell phone or, uh, you know, something else or saving up for something or for school. But right now in, in your life, the world is really at your fingertips. Yeah. And you can think, I'm going to do that later. But it becomes increasingly more difficult. Now, this is a guy that in his mid-30s sold everything he owned and moved with his family to Australia because God called us to do that. So you can still do it later. Um, but right out of high school getting into your early twenties on up, you know, uh, to, to 30, this is the time strike out on an adventure and, and see how God's working in a different part of our region. Um, and then bring those experiences back with you to relationships where you live and in the rest of your life and see how God leads you from there. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Kenny. And for those of you that are listening that are in that age bracket, really pray about this because now could be the time. And uh, if you're listening to this and you find yourself, you know, leaning towards this, um, reach out to us. You, I'll, I'll give you the, our email and all our contact stuff and some of Kenny's um, near the end. But reach out and, and let's get this conversation started uh, and see where God will lead you in this. Well, it's, uh, it's time for our Not A Sponsor break, the part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anybody else, but they won't support us financially. Has this ever happened to you? You're out traveling with your family. You look down at your phone. It's at 10% battery and you don't have your charging cable. Well, it's happened to me, but no longer because of the RAV Power Deluxe Series Eternal Battery Pack. Yep, Eternal. External Battery Pack. 13,000 milliamps per hour this thing holds. Um... 
It has two USB ports so that you can charge two devices simultaneously. It's got smart ports that automatically detect the current charge needed for maximum charging speed. It's next generation A plus cell with over 1000 charges has no memory effect and it has built in short circuit and overcharge protection automatically turning off when it is fully charged. This thing has revolutionized the way I keep my devices charged. I am never with out power now i can get up to 13 charges on my device for this and in my opinion nobody does it better at keeping my phones juiced than the rav power deluxe series external battery pack not a sponsor well welcome back ladies and gentlemen we are now moving into our wesley question and kenny as i kind of alluded to at the beginning these were 22 questions that uh, john and charles wesley would ask each other and their accountability group every time they met um, I started thinking about that, that, you know, 22 questions and a group of men all sharing would take quite a while. So it, it makes me wonder how deep they went with these and maybe they focused on one at a time or, or, uh, or whatever, or maybe it was more of like a, a recentering or refocusing. Uh, as I've gone through them, I, I was sharing with you just during the break quote unquote, cause it, there really wasn't a break, but, uh, that these always bring my mind back to the fruit of the spirit and, you know, and, and, and what we're seeing in that. So, uh, the, uh, the question that we're looking at today is this, am I jealous, impure, critical, irritable, touchy, or distrustful? Man, d does anybody want to answer yes to any of those? That's what I'm thinking is, is, uh, jealous. Yes. Impure. Yes. Critical. Yes. Irritable. Yes. Touchy. Yes. Or distrustful. Yes. Is that what Wesley was looking for? Did yeah. I get it right. Well, oh, 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 I'm not sure. Kenny. Like I, th I think okay. they were, they're hoping to get, I, if I've actually, I've been reading a bunch of his sermons lately for a course that I'm in. And, um, you know, ideally I think the play, we want to be able to get to the place where we would say, you know, am I jealous? Well, no. Impure? No. Critical? No. Like where the answer would be no. But the reality, unfortunately, is uh, sometimes these things are a part of our lives. Uh, now, let me say, like when I, when I went through this, irritable? Yeah, there are definitely times, unfortunately, when I'm, when I'm irritable, if I don't get enough sleep, and, and my kids are on me, you know, my kids are nine and six, um, and they, they fight all the time and, and all that. So, right. Like, so if I get irritable, man, I, again, it just brings my mind back to the fruit of the spirit. And I've been so focused on that in my mind lately, especially with my interactions with my children. Like, am I, sh am I responding in the spirit or am I responding in the flesh? Am I being irritable with mm. my kids? You know, um, and, and look, I'm just, I think my wife listens to the podcast, uh, touchy. I can be touchy sometimes. Sometimes I can just be in a bad mood and you know, you can say something and not you, Mandy, but some, someone could say something and just, you know what I mean? But the one that's yes, the one, I, I Kenny, the one that stood out to me. And if this is just me being honest is, um, sometimes, and I, I don't like this. I can be critical. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm a musician and uh, sometimes can be a bit of a perfectionist when it comes. And I'm not saying that I have the skill to be a perfectionist, but I, I try my best, I guess. But sometimes um, I can be critical of, uh, 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 of musicians or, or different things like, oh, I wouldn't have done it like that. Or, yeah. you know, oh, why, why did they, why did they do that? Or, you, you know, and, and, and sure, maybe I do something different and that's fine, but, but that spirit, I, I don't like that. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's the flesh again. Um, so, you know, to me, this, for me, this question, unfortunately, I could go through each of these and find an example in my life where, yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Kenny, give me some thoughts that you, you look pensive. <laughs> well, I already said yes. The answer is yes. Yes, 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 and yes. I feel like sometimes my days are connected by uh, uh, catching myself in in one of these interior postures, and then and then trying to remember to take my thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I've had the same accountability partner since 1996. Oh we wow! Met in college, and 
And I mean, we, we talked about using Wesley's questions when we first started, we're like, there's too many. And there's some things <laughs> that we just need to, we know that we need to focus on. We focus on a different season. Yep. But man, we've, we've talked about these things together and we ask each, you know, we share these things with each other. And, and uh, one of the things as I read the, the question too, is that, that when I respond in these ways, oftentimes it's revealing something about my, my identity and where I'm getting, um, where I'm drawing my identity from. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if that's coming from Christ or if it's coming from my own actions or, uh, my own effort or merit. Um, yeah, that's the pensiveness that's going on here. Well, so it sounds to me and, and, and maybe I'm wrong, um, that going through questions like this and looking at these things and kind of recenters and refocuses and, and well, I think we don't pay attention to these things sometimes. Like we, we, um, somebody might be like, you're, you're kind of grumpy today. You're kind of irritable. You're like, yeah, it's cause I didn't get enough sleep. But, but I have, I, sometimes it's like, no, something else set me off. What, what was that? And I, I start thinking about what that was. Why was that? Right. Why did I respond that way? You know, you start thinking it's, it, it, it's a bother to think about these things deeper. You have to start doing hard work when you do stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, what, what did, you know, what did David pray? Um, Which time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I was praying a lot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shoot. Like search me and, and see if there'd be any wicked way in me. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, like that's a hard prayer because you ask God to, to search you and show you then he'll reveal, you know? Um, and, yep. and you're right. If, if we start asking these questions and start really looking at this stuff, like, okay, so like jealousy, if we really set, if we had feelings of jealousy and, and sat down and actually worked out why, you know, and, and talked to someone about jealousy, there, you could find, there could be a ton of different reasons why, you know, jealousy is prevalent. Is, is it an insecurity? Is it something, you know, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, these could take you down quite a path. Jealousy is one. I think that sometimes just gets relegated to like romantic relationships sometimes. Oh, um, but, sure. But I mean, I, I, I mean, that's not an issue for me or for my, my wife. Um, what the jealousy issue for me comes more in, in what I'm investing my time in vocationally. Mm-hmm. And then comparing that to other things or yeah. other methods or other people and and then and then becoming irritable about that and not knowing <laughs> why and now I'm critical. Yeah. And I'm yeah. thinking like impure thoughts and piles of bones and feathers in the living room and anyway, I'm making touchy and now you can't trust me. So it's just a it's a cycle. A slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. To me this really talks about the condition of our heart and it, it really makes you sit and and go, you know, where am I, where am I really at right now? Um, I, like I shared with you a minute ago, I keep thinking of the fruit of the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit, uh, Galatians five twenty two to 23 is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such the, against such things, there is no law. You, you know, we're called to walk in the spirit and, uh, and it is a struggle sometimes to walk in the spirit when circumstances and situations that are outside of your control are like just poking at you. You know, I think of, and not to use my kids, but you know, you don't get a good night's sleep and, and all that, you know, to be, to, to walk in the spirit at four in the morning when your kid is, you know, whatever, um, can be a challenge sometimes. Just the, the, the question of these being a condition of the heart too. I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be these things. I'm going to catch myself in each one of these things, jealousy, impurity, critical, irritable, touchy, or distrustful. My answer is going to be yes. But now how am I going to respond to that? When I, when I, when I realize that I'm headed that way mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, um, do I halt? I, I, I love that, that analogy of what is it? Ha- uh, not hangry, uh, hungry, <laughs> hungry angry. angry, lonely. You just put two together. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that those are all times where things like these can, can kind of emerge. Um, but when I read over these questions the very first time, Brad, it, it reminded me of, of one of my friends in Australia. He's actually um, a district superintendent over the top half of the continent of Australia. Oh, my word. The Nazarene Church. 
Um, his name is Roland Hearn. And, and he, um, he said, uh, he told me just a couple times, he goes, when the, when the emotional response is disproportionate to the situation, then issues of identity are at stake. Wow. I know. Say it again. Know, right? Say it again. Okay, let's see if I can. When, when the emotional response is disproportionate to the situation, yep. then issues of identity are at stake or are at hand. That, that disproportionate emotional response is actually revealing some part of our identity that's in, that's in, that's in turmoil or we feel like is tied to the situation, yeah. but we're not consciously processing that. We're just responding out of like instinct in this jealousy or, you know, criticalness or, or right. irritable or touchy or whatever, you know? So that's helped me with a lot of different, you know, prickly situations or, or people that are just kind of, uh, chippy sure. um, or they're hard to be around. And it's got me wondering, wow, are there like, what's going on? But I got to turn that on myself too. What's the condition of my heart. Mm-hmm. And when I'm responding in these ways, when I catch myself doing that, then I have a responsibility. I'm consciously going, I'm being jealous right now. Am I going to continue to be jealous? Or am I going to take that thought obedient to Christ? Take that thought captive to Christ. Let him reshape that. And then ask, why am I responding that way? What's the issue of identity that's at hand in me? That I need to be that needs to be shaped by the presence of Christ, Christ Spirit. So I do that very uh, imperfectly and not as frequently as I would like to, but that's how I try to respond to these different little things that crop up in each day. Yeah, and it is it's a day by day, moment by moment kind of thing. You can't just look at this question once a week and go, okay, there I, I checked. Am I irritable? You know, it's a it's a continual thing. Thanks, Kenny. It wasn't before. Oh, sorry. yeah. Well, I wasn't irritable before John Wesley asked the question, but now that he asked the question, I'm kind of irritable about it. Oh, oh, okay. Well, thanks, John. We appreciate that. Great. That was helpful. Uh, Kenny, do you fall asleep sitting up in a chair, or do you usually have to be lying down? This is a, another Yahoo question. Mm-hmm. I yes. see that you're in a chair, leaning back right now, and awake. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, so my answer go ahead. is yes. Wait, do That's you fall asleep in a chair? Wait. <laughs> so both? You're saying you do both? I can do, yeah. Yeah, either way. We're good. We can make that happen. Yes. So like what Sitting about like, and a, down. a kitchen chair? You know, hard back, not a recliner, not, okay, a, that, that, not, not that, a spinner. That's never happened to me. I'm, I'm talking about like when I go to the movies with you. Okay. Sit in a chair. Going to sleep. Uh, that's not your fault. It's not the movie's fault. That's that's just me. I'm finally sitting down and, and motionless, and now my body's going to sleep. Yeah. Um, and but you know the recliner at home. Like I'm notorious. Any movie we're watching at home, I'm or a TV show. I wake up when the movie's over and the recliner slams down, and I'm like, "What happened?" And they're like, "Nope, not not telling you." You fell asleep. I'm like, that's, that's not cool. That's not my fault. No, you lay down. Yep. You knew when you lay down, you were going to go to sleep. <laughs> well, I could have, I could have stayed seated up and still gone to sleep and not know the end of the show. So which one do you prefer? You know? Absolutely. Uh, to, not for, irritable. Or about that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I took that nap so that I would not be irritable and all these other things and touchy. So you just be thankful. Um, I'm jealous. <laughs> I, I can, I can do, I can do both. Uh, we recently got a pretty sizable love seat in the living room and I, yeah, I can sit like I can sit Mandy and I comfortably and you could put a kid between us. Um, it's almost like a smaller couch, but I can, I like, I fell asleep yesterday on that thing. I just kind of put my head back for a sec during like we just finished supper and we sat down to watch a little show and then I was out. Um, but I have a friend actually that can fall asleep anywhere but he's got this thing where he can laugh so hard that he actually loses oxygen to his brain and he will fall asleep. It, he'll pass out from laughing so hard. Wow. The, now, the problem with that, and because that seems humorous, is that he also has sleep apnea. Oh, no. So, so he, you know, he made the joke he can laugh himself to death. 
because he could laugh so hard that he'll pass out, but then there's the potential for his tongue to slip in the back of his throat. Uh, so you imagine just never wanting to laugh at anything. Yeah. What do you do with that? I'm afraid to laugh now. I feel like that would be an inappropriate response. But he can. He just starts laughing and then he goes to sleep. <laughs> when you say it like that, uh, like pretty hysterical, like throwing back the head kind of laughing where like and they get red in the face uncontrollably yeah. not like a lunatic but then and and then he'll just lose oxygen and pass out have not seen it happen seen it close so it's not a peaceful sleep it's it's like he passed out and now he's unconsciously yeah it's very much unconscious sleep with the potential of a tongue rolling back into the throat apparently wow that's living dangerously man yep you're not kidding we never watch like any it. comedies i'll tell you that <laughs> I think I, that actually that's not funny. I, I shouldn't have laughed. See, that's well, that's where it, that's how it came up. We were watching a comedy and we were having like a crazy laugh over something. Anyway, uh, last question, Kenny. What what's what's something everyone likes that you don't? Now, this person said they're not a fan of Oreos, which that does not register with me. But what's something everybody likes that you, Kenny Wade, do not? So I. I don't know if I want to answer this question. Yeah, I mean, it's just, just super, really vulnerable, you know? I mean, I, I could go, I could go with something safe and say like, uh, anything, anything like flavored mint, like mint ice cream oh. or mint, mint cake or, you know, because they said Oreo, but you know what I was really thinking? Man, I don't know why I'm uncomfortable sharing this. I'm just not a fan of baseball. Like I, I, I I've had friends play baseball I just don't, I don't get it. I just, I, I don't get it. And, and are you an American by birth? I, I am. I, I, I am a citizen of the United States of America and I am a American gridiron NFL football fan. Okay. Um, and, and, and enjoy playing it, but baseball, I just never been there. Just my brother played it. I've been to some games. I'll watch the last part. I'll watch the last couple of endings of the World Series, and I'm good. Okay. Well, I, I'm not trying to ride your coattails. I really am not. My answer was basketball. Um, Is it? Yeah. In Oxford, where we live, if you don't play basketball, you're you're you know, like basketball is the sport, uh, and soccer, um, hockey to a lesser degree. Um, Thank goodness I'm really? not. Thank goodness I'm not in school here. Uh, I would never survive. But I just I cannot stand the sport. Cannot I do not. I'm not good at it. I can play it. Maybe that's why. Um and Hillsong, not a fan. Can I say that? Can I say that? But why? Why aren't you a fan of Hillsong? I mean, you sing the songs, right? Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, I've I've sang their songs in church. There's a few that are still in my repertoire. Um, I just, if I, for me, I have found that they haven't really changed much. It's been a constant, steady stream of very similar music. See, there's that critical. There's that critical coming yeah, through. Brad, you're being critical. But but there's, there's got to be a way for you to be able to observe let's use that word observe a trend and and either feel positively about it or negatively now i don't i, I don't like i don't wear a t-shirt that says like friends don't let friends listen to hillsong you know and i but, <laughs> but do, they, do they make my list of music that i'm listening to not so much you you wear it in your secret in your quiet place. Though? Yeah, it's it's I my mean, it's my undershirt. I've it's it's on me at all times. <laughs> now, if any of you from Hillsong are listening, um, you keep keep writing, keep keep doing your thing. Um, you're not a sponsor, and now you'll never <laughs> now you'll never be. Oh, oh no! Shoot! And just like that, we lost like half our fan base. I don't know. Now we might be going, what's Hillsong? Yeah, now we're down to 10 people. Uh. <laughs> well, Kenny, before we go, um, I'm wondering if you could give us, now listen, I'm asking for a, a music and book recommendation from you. If your music is oh, Hillsong, thanks. we have an issue. 
I changed that. I changed it before we got there. So okay. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, I haven't um, been listening to a lot of music lately. Uh, I usually like to listen to music when I work. Sure. When I'm really, when I'm writing stuff, um, when I'm really trying to crank on something, when I'm working on something that I really don't enjoy sometimes, I try to listen to music that I really do enjoy yep. in a place that I really like to be or don't go very often and kind of stimulate creative juices and menial tasks um, or things I just am trying to procrastinate and avoid. Um, and th- this is a real, this is a real answer for me. Um, but one of my, one of my go-to artists that I, that I like to listen to as far as Christian artists go is NF. Um, and I just, I had, are you familiar with, with NF, the rapper? No. How do you spell that? N as in not M and <laughs> F as in. Oh, like, so you were saying two letters together. NF. Yeah. NF. Okay. I've yeah. never, I've never heard of him. Yeah, so uh, I his I think he he gets a lot of um, interesting feedback from uh, different realms of the Christian listening uh, audience. Uh, I I like his music. He's got a few songs. The first song I ever heard of his uh, uh, was "Motivated." I'm so motivated, and it was just I was like, I like this music. And then he's got some stuff that's really kind of moody and ballad and some stuff like where he's, it's really deep and soulful. And, and I, I'm not quite into that as much. Sure. Um, but just some, some of it is just good. Uh, it's just enjoyable uh, rap music. All right. And um, I, I listen to all kinds of different types of genre of music and all kinds of different artists. Um, and it kind of depends on the day and the mood and what I feel like is going to inspire me. Sometimes I, I listen to dubstep. Um, <laughs> lately, when I've been working on stuff, I've I've listened to um, the the Han, the Hans Zimmerman tracks on the Batman movies are these deep kind of crazy kind of oh wow just these hard noises sometimes, and I'll just listen to the soundtracks of those. And I don't know, I've been in a weird season lately. But NF is one of my go-to ones. It's one of the ones my my boys ask for in the car as well. But I I enjoy it. I've got a. I'm prepping for a sermon tomorrow, so I'm going to get that Hans Zimmer going. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, if you're interested, NF is playing in Montreal. He's, uh, he's on tour on, I okay. think, yeah, you can go see him. 35 bucks a ticket. Anyway, uh, any books that you're reading? Canoeing the mountains. Canoeing. Isn't that now you've got an event coming up. Is that a required reading for that? Uh, it is a, we're going to buy you that resource reading and, and we, I hope you read it. I will. Um, because I, 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 am finding it super beneficial in my life and journey, but Canoeing the Mountains, Christian Leadership in Uncharted Territory. And it, it follows the story of, of, uh, Lewis and Clark commissioned by, um, oh, which one of the presidents of the United States was he commissioned by? It wasn't, no, it was Andrew Jackson. And to go find the Northwest Passage. And they got to Idaho, where I live, and the canoes didn't work anymore because there were these things called Rocky Mountains. Oh, yes. So you can't Um, canoe in the mountains, and you got to figure out how to navigate that territory um, if you're going to find the Pacific Ocean. So that that book has been really meaningful for me. It was recommended to me from somebody else, and I've tried to share with a lot of of people. But I I think there's a lot of good things in there and coming from different directions of life and leadership. yeah. Okay. Do you Favorite know quote from the book? Oh, favorite quote from the book. Are you ready? Yes. Busy in the basement with butter knives, making the future. Boom. Okay. Busy in yeah, the you basement. Of, you got to get the book to get the context around that, but busy in the basement with butter knives, making the future. No, that's the teaser. That's the teaser trailer. That's you're tantalizing the people right now. Just saying. Yep. Uh, did you know, Kenny, that I could list all of the presidents of the United States? Wow. Washington, do, Adams, Jefferson, right Madison, Monroe, um, Quince, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson. You're not reading them. What? No, I'm definitely. <laughs> well, you can't. Listen, you're in Idaho. You can't <laughs> prove that I've got Wikipedia up here. Um, how do you. Sp- b- b- you're in, I can't spell that. Or, uh, 90% of 
of communication is body language. <laughs> <laughs> you can, oh, I guess you can see my eyes kind of scrolling the screen in front of me. Shoot, busted. No, I, yep, I think you're accessing memory. I think that that's what that eye movement indicated. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Well, Kenny, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Really enjoyed having you. I had more fun than I should have. Thank you. Well, if you're looking to follow Kenny and Youth in Mission uh, to find out what's going on, you can go follow Kenny on Twitter at KWader, K-W-A-D-E-R. You can also follow Youth in Mission at Nazarene, Y-I-M, um, K-Dubly and Youth in Mission on Instagram. And remember that you can also follow our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Oxford Holy Club. Our email is OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. So, you know, send some questions in. We'd love to hear from you, some comments, responses, different things. And if you are on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, don't forget to use that hashtag, O-Club, O-H-C-L-U-B, and we'll be looking for that to be in the trending. So until next time, keep spiritually fit and have fun.